Hey, how are you doing? I'm excellent, thank you, Ed. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, all the better for yesterday's excellent win. But, uh, of course, I, I guess the uh, top of the programme really ought to be the uh, Manchester derby. We haven't had a chance to review that yet. Uh, superb win. Great performance, I thought. Much better than the one-goal margin and, of course, the, the drama of that late, late goal. Yeah, uh, the two stars of... Well, two of the three stars of Manchester United's team were, of course, Manchester United's most important midfielder, Darren Fletcher, and Manchester United's Michael Owen. Um, it was a fantastic one. And what what can you possibly say about that game? It, it, if it wasn't for some pretty basic defensive lapses, um, that's probably quite a kind way of describing uh, the last goal, and one kind of moment of a bit of a wonder goal from Craig Bellamy, it would have been a walk in the park, wouldn't it? That's right. United were were a lot better than the, the 4-3 suggest just really poor individual mistakes ben foster again uh, worrying for him i guess getting you know far too soft to give it away for for city's opening goal carlos tevez laid it off to gareth barry to score and uh, rio ferdinand uh, in the last minute of a game trying to flick it up over a defender just criminal and i hope he got the hairdryer big time for that one it's um genuinely a bit worrying that isn't it because that's that's how Rio used to play when he was 21. He used to do stuff like that, and, and it seemed to have gone out of his game. He seemed to have kind of grown and matured and turned into a bit of a leader on the pitch. But that was a vintage drug test missing, bedlin and buying, concentrating on something else, Rio. I mean, gen- generally speaking, his, his game's been OK when he's been playing, but I wonder whether it's just he's missing a lot of games. I mean, he's missed more than 50% of United's last 50 games. He's out a lot, and it's this niggling back injury that he got at the World Club Cup last year, which is kind of working its way down his body, and that's why he's getting all the groin and thigh and ankle injury. Once the spine goes, then that, that causes problems elsewhere. And it's a, it's a worry. He's, he's 31 soon, so um, you know injuries are going to become more prevalent. And, and if he's uh, kind of injury-prone at this age, then it's not going to get any better. I mean, the, th- the thing is also, if even Craig Bellamy's goal came from a kind of defensive... Uh, I don't mean the last the, that goal, I mean the... The one before the the rather better goal. Oh, they didn't. They backed off him. They didn't uh, down. They let him you know, come onto his right foot. He had all the space in the world. He wasn't challenged when he when he hit the ball. Fantastic strike. But um, yeah, I'm sure Ferguson reminded them that they needed to be tighter. It's um, it, uh, vintage old school Manchester United though that, and it that's I say it was a score one more game. Uh, gone gone with it with that solid imperious back five um, to be replaced by a bunch of. Shaky people not paying much attention. Um, fortunately, the rest of the team really came through. It was I just thought it was a superb attacking performance. And the Ryan Giggs in the second half was just... I mean, this whole show is going to basically be the Ryan Giggs Appreciation Society show because, my goodness, what a fortnight he's had. Oh, he was superb. He, he got three assists and uh, was part of the build-up for the other goals. So, you know... Central to all of United's goals against Manchester City, a superb performance again, it rolled back the clock. I mean, Ferguson said he, he wouldn't play on the wing, but he's been playing on the wing regularly for United this season and, and been superb. And he just uses the ball really intelligently. Um, Lewis Nani could learn an awful lot. He was so frustrating in yesterday's game, we'll come to that a bit later, but Nani has just not learned all the things that Giggs has learned over the years and, and Giggs' pace might have gone a little bit. Not not hugely, but he's not expressed like he was before. Um, but his close controls as good as ever, and he plays the right ball almost every single time now. 
it, it, he's just looking extraordinary, isn't he? I mean, the thing is, I, I, I've often thought this about Ryan Giggs. I mean, it's got it's got to the point now where you have to put him in the upper echelons of the greats of all time, the kind of Pele, Maradona, George Best level of player, haven't you? I mean, the 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 extent, the the length of time which he's performed at the very highest level. The fact that he seems to be getting better with age, which wouldn't seem possible. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just one of the true greats. I, I think he is. I, I mean, it's hard to place him in the in the Pele Maradona best category, I guess because he hasn't you know, had afforded the chance to, to play in a World Cup and really perform at that, that kind of level. Um, so it's difficult to place gigs right in the very, very top level. But in in the modern era... There are very few that are better than him. He's he, over the length of time, you know, through the nineties, um, you know, into into this decade, he's just been he's just been superb. Gigs has, and he's adapted his game and modified. And there was a period I think kind of coincided when when United had sort of those three barren years, two thousand two, two thousand five, where Gigs kind of went a little bit wayward too. I don't I don't think he really knew what kind of player he was going to become and. Perhaps he'd lost some of that extreme pace and he was no longer just beating players for fun but hadn't gained some of the intelligence he's now, and Ferguson talked about it yesterday, some of the intelligence he now has in his game and he's become such a complete midfielder. Um, and, and I think you could, as a result, you can put him alongside of some of the modern greats like, like Zinedine Zidane because uh, this is what Zidane did when he was uh, you know, reaching the kind of end of his career, just used the ball superbly and let the ball do the work and that's what Giggs is doing now. I mean, I, I totally agree about, about that, that kind of slightly fallow patch um, in Giggs' career, and, and you can almost see it as that was like a gestation, a transitionary period from, you know, the, the 15 years that had gone before or 10 years that had gone before. Um, but I don't really agree that the World Cup is the defining stage of modern football, really, in the same way that it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, because the club game is, the, you know, the Champions League is the pinnacle of uh, talent and collections of talent in in world football, I'd, I'd say, you know, World Cups are kind of played out. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're watched by so many people. and But, you know, there hasn't been a defining player of the World Cup for quite a long time. Baggio in the USA 94, that, that's the last player I can think of as having completely lit up a World Cup. Yeah, I suppose uh, 98 was Zidane's World Cup. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, well, kind of, but you know, his influence on that French team was such a. Anyway, but we could go off on one about that. But the, the, all I, I'm saying, all I want to say, really, is that Giggs has done it at the highest level of world football, which is the European Champions League. You know. That's... Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And the, the standard in the Champions League is no lower than international football. Uh, in many, in fact, many international are significantly lower standard than the, the Champions League latter stages and, and Giggs has been a major influence. And I think Ferguson's using him in the right way. Um, he, he's never going to play in the games that don't really count. Um, he's going to use Giggs in the, the games that really matters and that's the Champions League and the top premiership games and that's the right way to use him, I think. Sort of not just the top premiership games but Ferguson's kind of... It, the squad's at an interesting point at the moment because Ferguson has, has got an incredible impact bench in a way that, you know, had a lot of strength in depth recently, but Michael Owen and Ryan Giggs on the bench, that, that's a lot of potential to change a game. Mm. You know, you saw, you saw Owen do it um, against City in such dramatic fashion, um, and you saw Giggs do it. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the whole Stoke game, but 
match of the day, it really did look like uh, sudden, these things can be a bit deceiving sometimes, but it really did look like gigs came on and then United were brilliant. I just wanted to make a point about Carlos Tevez, which is that Tevez showed exactly why he was kind of very well liked at United and the United fans wanted to keep him and why Fergie was absolutely right to let him go because he was instrumental in the kind of hustle and bustle that City had that caused problems after the first five, ten minutes of the game when they got back into it, when they scored. That was all Tevez's work rate. That was, that was everything. But then when he's one-on-one with the keeper uh, to make it 2-1 just before half-time and kind of make a massive impact on the game, then he hits the post. And as you said to me on the phone afterwards, Michael Owen got an extremely difficult chance and slotted it away at an absolutely crucial time and Tevez missed. Whatever anyone thinks of Tevez and what he did in the United shirt, it's a great piece of business swapping Tevez for Owen. You know, didn't spend the 25 million or, or the 47 million, if you believe some reports. You know, astronomical amount of money, way over the odds for Tevez. And and got Michael Owen, who is going to score goals, for sure. I mean, maybe he's not right at the, the top of his game anymore. Uh, maybe he won't start the, the really big games. But one touch to the outside of his foot, second touch, and almost the same fluid movement, puts it into the back of the net. Victory, five minutes of overtime, and, and uh, that's a, it's just a superb result. And I, I don't think Tevez would have given us the same impact. Uh, City bought him for two reasons. One, that they just needed to pad out the squad. Two, it annoyed United and they thought it was funny. You know, small-minded club and all that. Do you really think that their sense of humour played a large part in the signing? I wouldn't be surprised. So, after the the Manchester derby and and the great result, it was the kind of low-key Carling Cup game, the the first um, one of the season. And and traditionally, we see a a lot of kids playing. Although, um, I thought Ferguson's uh, team selection, he, he probably got it right. But on Wednesday, there, there were comparatively few kids and quite a few uh, sort of squad and fringe players. But they played pretty well. Um, obviously played with 10 men for an hour after Fabio's really unlucky red card. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was harsh, wasn't it? It, it was harsh. He, he fell over and then he kind of tripped the guy with his hand. But I, I don't... I'm, you know, I'm not actually sure he deliberately... Oh, man. That was a rugby tackle. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) I mean, uh, listen, you know, I'm all for, you know, entirely partial and biased commentary on matches, but that was a massively deliberate foul. Um, he, He was beaten and he kind of had one flap at him with his arm and that didn't work. And so he had another good thorough flap at him with his arm. Oh, well, I'm not sure about that one. But anyway, anyway, so down, down to 10 men. And, and of course, that affected not only Fabio, who, who missed out chance to, to have a have another game for United. He, he's really played very little first-team football so far because of, because of that shoulder injury he had last season. Macheda had to come off as well, and he was sacrificed. The four youngsters that started, two of them had their evening cut short. Uh, gave Richie Delay uh, an opportunity. He came on at left-back. It's not really his natural position, but he did pretty well, I thought. And, and uh, you know, the, the star of the show, Danny Welbeck, who I thought was excellent all night, ran the channels, worked really hard, had to play in a slightly wide position um, and scored a superb goal. Yeah, I'm thinking about changing allegiances, actually, and just becoming a fan of the Manchester United Carling Cup team. Because uh, it's really exciting inside. I mean, it was a real shame they went down to 10 men because it did, it did have a big impact on the game and kind of made it a little bit more functional. But Richie Dillac was kind of explosive from left back, you know. He won absolutely storming run forward. Um, and, you know, when after Valencia came on, it was a very good performance. And one thing that, that um, 
I thought was, I don't fully understand and I, I remember talking to you about this earlier and uh, maybe even before the season and Michael Owen playing in the Carling Cup um, I don't quite know why he's playing in the Carling Cup yeah, I don't think he will. I, I think he just needed some minutes. He's, he's really not played that much football. Um, so I, I think Ferguson just put him in there because he needs some minutes. Um, right. But, but right now they're trying to cultivate the, the Berbatov-Rooney partnership. So Owen's not getting much of a chance. And I, I think Berbatov and Rooney are playing both playing really well. So oh, yeah. there's really no need for Owen to start the game. I mean, once we get into the full-bodied part of the Champions League and we're playing Saturday, Wednesday, uh, Owen is going to get more games for sure because Ferguson will need to rotate and he'll he'll want to keep that freshness up front. I just um, wonder if the idea of Michael Owen needing minutes is slightly slightly illusory because actually what he needs is as few minutes as possible to make them as high impact as possible. Because... Uh, maybe, although traditionally, and I know this is a cliche, but traditionally Owen's a player that, that performs better when he's in, in a rhythm. Oh, that's true. No, you're right. So, um, I, I think he probably got, got that just about um, spot on. I mean, it was hard for Owen, of course, with the red card because he ended up playing up front on his own. That's definitely not uh, Michael Owen's game. But he kept the game straight, and that was really important. That gave United's players a bit more time on the ball. And it must be brilliant for Danny Welbeck, actually, as well. I mean, think that's, that's a really good influence to have around. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Welbeck because he's more talented than, than the one appearance on the bench he's had so far this season. And he's he's not going to progress unless he um, he plays more often. And it, it's kind of a shame for him. I know Ferguson came out in the in the past week and, and said that Macheda and Welbeck really have to concentrate on United and they've been away with their international squads too much. OK, fair enough. But he could have been playing in the in the under-20 World Cup this week, Danny Welbeck. And he, he hasn't played for United at all, really. And... I wonder whether that had benefited him more than just playing reserve team football, which at the moment the the FA Reserve League is a pretty low standard. Very, very few senior players play in it anymore, and it's mostly a, a kids' league. I mean, that, that's the thing. He, he's got a lot of time, and like you say, you know, the the toils of the the toll of the season will will make itself felt on Rooney and Berbatov, and then and then they you know there'll be some more room first-team football, and if Nani keeps playing as uh, shoddily as he is, then, you know, Welbeck might play a bit the less. Yeah, I think I think he's not really built like a winger, but I, I think the reason why Ferguson likes him there, um, you know, when he's used him, it's just because his touch is so good. It's an option, though, isn't it? It's an option to give him some minutes, and it's an option to give United something different yeah the and the other the other youngster who started the game of course was Darren Gibson and I, I don't know I'm a bit underwhelmed by Gibson I, I I know Ferguson rates him highly and said he's progressed a lot and he wants to get him in the side this season but for me he's just kind of a bit of an average player he's not a creative player he's not a defensive player he's a bit of an all-rounder that doesn't really do anything special but then you probably would have said that about Darren Fletcher three years ago, and now he's Manchester United's most important midfielder. That's right. That's, uh, that, that is very true. And, of course, um, uh, interesting interview with Darren Fletcher in the uh, the Sunday Telegraph today, where he says he's he's not happy being cast as the destroyer. He wants to be something more than that, a creator. And he wants to score 10 goals this season, which, if he did, would be a, a, an awesome return for someone who's scored 15 in 221 games before that. Well, he scored... Uh, two the other day didn't he so that's right that's right well on his way to double figures uh, and uh, i guess with uh, cristiano ronaldo gone the, the goals have got to be spread around and um, they're doing it pretty successfully at the moment and absolutely if fletcher gets his 10 that will be above par for me 
Yeah. Definitely. And all in all, I, I, I really enjoyed that Carling Cup game. And it's sort of nice to watch United play. And, you know, they're not being that much at stake. It's sort of like a slightly glorified training match, isn't it? So. Yeah, it's interesting. I put a poll on the website after the uh, after the game. You know, which of United youngsters are, are going to make it to the first team? And, and um, I, I guess the two interesting things, people picked out the obvious ones. So the, the De Silva brothers and Welbeck and Macheda way out in the leads. Um, Tosic is way down the bottom. Of course, if you can't even get in the Carling Cup side, I, I'd say uh, goodbye, Goran mm. Tosic, who um, I think increasingly looks like they bought him just so they could have Adam Lalic, who is the real talent. Don't know whether you've seen much of this kid, but he he looks pretty special. Uh, YouTube him, readers, uh, and uh, you'll you'll see what I mean. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Um, I guess yeah, there's a lot of rant readers. Do you spend some time watching uh, MUTV and the? Um, and the reserves and the academy side uh, got a lot of comments about players I missed out on. Obviously, David Petrucci, I missed out on. He does look very talented, but he's not actually played any reserve team football yet, which is why I missed, missed him out. And the, and the other one, Joshua King, who we saw about 10 minutes of, looked extremely lively against uh, against Wolves, very quick, willing to run around all over the place. Uh, a very good shot on him as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, a few others that uh, people mentioned, uh, you know, they thought we were really talented in the reserve side at the moment. It's um, it's a sort of interesting time because, I mean, an expectation was created by Giggs' arrival on the stage and then the kind of magnificent golden generation that, that arrived on hot on his heels that the youth team will consistently produce the heart and backbone of the United side um, and that obviously hasn't happened since the Skulls and Beckham and Butt generation we've had two or three come through but none of the apart from the Manchester United's most important midfielder Darren Fletcher none of the kind of stars of the team have come from that route but it does seem like there's a heck of a good crop of youngsters at the moment and it, they are though in a very different position because unless Ferguson does the equivalent of selling Hughes and Kanchalskis and in over the course of a summer, the, the room isn't there in the same way. That's right, and they use the loan system well, so um, there's very few players end up rotting in the reserves and leaving age 22, having never played any first-team football. So a lot of players out on loan at the moment. I, I saw James Chester and uh, Craig Cathcart both left for Plymouth this week and Danny Drinkwater's at Huddersfield Town he went just outside the window as well so they've got, I think they have about 10 players out on loan at the moment which is the right way to do it United have a very big academy um, and only sort of two sides that they can play in uh, so yeah they need to get out in order to play enough uh, enough football to continue developing so on to on to yesterday's game uh, the Stoke game and uh, I personally thought it was an outstanding performance from United very controlled kept something like 60% of possession. Everybody thought that going to the Britannica with their uh, admittedly very good fans and make a tremendous racket and Stoke a very up and atom side, play a very direct brand of football, but they they almost never had the ball. And, and um, looking at the stats today, Stoke had one shot on target and that was about, was about the measure of the game, I think. And United were vastly superior. Yeah, which is brilliant. I mean, it, it's, it's just a nice change, isn't it? Because we've seen quite a few um, kind of narrow squeaks and, and bits where United perform really well for a brief period of time. But now we we really have got the stage where a full half against Wigan, a full game against Spurs, a full um, 20 minutes in the Champions League, 
pretty much with the exception of some defensive wobbles the full game against Man City apart from about 20 minutes and now then the whole game against Stoke just properly dominant attritional but also incredibly creative up front you know just just fantastic just played really well and and uh, they used the width well yesterday on on what was a very narrow pitch um it went to the left way more than the right and it's kind of frustrating because because uh, I spoke about it earlier and Nani just didn't use the ball in the right way he shot when he should have passed he Pass when he should have shot. He tried to dribble round two men, do it again, um, and showboating at completely the wrong time. Very frustrating player. He, you could see Wayne Rooney was frustrated, you know, waving his arms. At one point, he was beating the ground with his fists. And it's, it's because Nani just hasn't grown up. He's still playing like a 16-year-old, and he, he's not. He's 22. He's had, this is his third season with United, and he had two before that at Sporting. So... This is a man who really needs to mature and fast, otherwise he's going to be on his way out. It's a shame because he's a very, very talented player. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the the blight on the performance, wasn't it? Um, and when he came off and Giggs went on, that it, it highlighted even further how bad Nanny had been, how good Giggs was. You'd, specifically, as you say, in his use of the ball and decision-making and final product and all that kind of stuff. And But, you know, he could still come good, I think. And he's got bags of talent. He's, I, I think he's actually got more talent than Valencia. I just think Valencia is more likely to make it at United because he he's more intelligent. He just uses the ball in the right way, and he's he doesn't try to beat a man if he doesn't need to. I mean, he's quite happy to lay it back off. Unfortunately, John O'Shea scampering up the wing to uh, shank one into the stands wasn't always the right choice yesterday. But I, you know, he was pretty good on the right wing. He he just he's a good outlet, and he's happy to come inside and and make space for other players by doing that as well. Whereas Nani's he's just infuriating, it really is, and and but he's got more to his all-round game. I mean, he can pass, shoot, dribble, got you know great touch, loads of pace. Um, there should be more to that, uh, but the package is um, the less than the sum of its parts at the moment. Well, you, you know, to me that, that that's always it's always fascinating to me when a, when a player's in that position, and and you wonder what it is about their life that sort of puts them in in that position, whether it's just a kind of you know underdeveloped footballing intellect or whether it's just you know the fact that it's quite difficult to become emotionally mature in the world of professional football or you know all those things it's it's, it's very interesting what stops a player from fulfilling his potential um somebody mentioned on the guardian football podcast about tim howard and what a good goalkeeper he looks at everton and how he never looked like that really that good of a keeper at United. Because he had one season. He had his first season where he was actually voted into the PFA team, so he was the goalkeeper of the year that season. Uh, but it all kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you, you wonder if it's it's just something about the stage of Manchester United. It doesn't suit everyone, you know. That's right. A huge pressure. There, there are no easy games. Um, we'll see with Valencia. I mean, Valencia will have had a lot of games at Wigan where there wasn't really the pressure on him because there was no expectation that they were going to win. Mm. Um, and you don't have millions of fans watching you every week uh, and 75,000 at Old Trafford and, and and all of that. So it's a it's a completely different ball game in a way. Some players take to it really well. Uh, I guess the ones with the big personalities. And One of the interesting things about... Um, Michael Owen's goal in the 96th minute against Manchester City to win the Manchester derby is that it's like a brilliant fast-forward tool for him. A fast-forward to acceptance from the fans and a fast-forward to kind of embracing that stage wholeheartedly. You know, he's not going to take too many more of those before he's gone from kind of villainous 
Copite to uh, Folk Hero. Yeah, I mean, apparently his shirt is the third best-selling in the Megastore, though I think that, that says something about the, the people who head to the Megastore. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's not a good uh, a good measure of um, his uh, popular his likely popularity amongst the readers of your fine uh, outlet. No, that's right. I, look, I I think uh, most United fans really, but um, Owen was accepted because he was never a genuine scouser, was he? So uh, I think if it was Jamie Carragher that had come over, then yeah, we might have stoned him from the. T- <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, he, he'll do fine. And um, and so yeah, after yesterday's uh, what I thought was a really excellent performance, we have um, three home games in a row before the trip to Anfield, and a chance to really build some momentum. And I fully expect United to chalk up their tenth win in a row before they go to uh, Anfield in October. So they've got Wolfsburg on Wednesday, and then uh, Bolton and uh, Everton, I think, before that. Well, you know, just to play Mark Lawrenson here for a second. Those are some quite tricky games for United. <laughs> he predicted a draw against Stoke after our conversation last week about Mark Lawrence's predictions, Ed. He yes. predicted a draw. Well, he did predict a win for Liverpool, so which he always does, and they did win just about, you know. One of the <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a narrow squeak, though, wasn't it? Edged a 6-1 victory, yep. Over the, the mighty Hull City. Who are going downhill faster. What are the odds on Brown getting the sack in the next week or so? Well, I was just going to say he's, he's got to be on his way out pretty soon. That doesn't He doesn't strike me as a man who makes too many friends. Um, and so good times are all well and good. But uh, I suspect it's, it's not going to be long before the Knights are out for Phil Brown. No, I'm, I'm sure they're out now. I mean, the problem, of course, is if Hull do sack Brown, they're almost certainly going to go down. They, it just never works for these lower sides who are in bad position to, to fight the manager. No, and who who do you get to replace him? You know, it's it's not exactly an attractive proposition, is it? No, that's right. No money, there won't be any money to spend, and even if there was, uh, who's going to go to them halfway? You know, then maybe they could get a loan or two or something like that, but no decent players are actually going to go to them when they're likely to be relegated. I, I, I would say, despite current form, they're considerably more likely to be relegated than Portsmouth are and Portsmouth are pretty damn likely to be relegated I would put a large amount of money on um, so Wednesday night Wolfsburg uh, interesting um, they, they've not had a great start to the German uh, league I mean no no they've, they've had a few defeats um, but they of course they've got quite a lot of firepower up front though Eden Zeko who was who's very much the um, darling of German football and Milan wanted to take him and uh, Uber Fabi Martins from uh, Newcastle, um, so you know they and they were very good in the German league last season. So I, I'm sure there'll be a, a you know decent side coming to Old Trafford, but I do expect United to win. Yeah, I mean I, it's uh, one of those things where it's really I think very quite being beneficial for United to be facing Wolfsburg first at home rather than away um, because they are something of a, an unknown commodity to United. Uh, and but uh, but having been kind of the best that German football had to offer. Last season, they, they definitely look a good way below that this season. Obafemi Martins does not seem to have improved their front line. No, but he's about 37, isn't he? So Much as the new Bundesliga has been talked a lot about, and they did manage to keep a lot of their, kind of, the stars of the Bundesliga stayed in the Bundesliga, um, that, you know, the, the play, the fact that, that, the, the the champions of the Bundesliga are importing Obafemi Martins as the kind of big name signing, kind of shows you something about the level of 
level of that league in relation to the rest of Europe. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a touch below that of Spain and England and maybe a touch below that in Italy as well. Like, they, they just haven't ever had the financial control in Germany. They don't have the same kind of structured TV deals that we have, say, in the, the Premier League where it's um, it's pooled or indeed the same as in uh, Spain where they uh, the big clubs take the lion's share of money. And, and Bayern Munich's always been a, a kind of a society so um, they've never been able to spend large amounts of money either. Um, and of course, you know, they're, they're the country's biggest and most successful club. So they, the, the power of that league has been limited by the amount of money they can spend. The thing is, of course, having said all that about German football, they, they score a lot of goals in the Bundesliga and they have standing on the terraces. So definitely got some things to recommend it. They have the... the biggest average gates of any uh, league in the um, in Europe so um, bigger than England uh, indeed and you know some great stadia as well as a result of the 2006 World Cup. You definitely expect um, pretty vocal and enthusiastic travelling support wouldn't you? That's right I, 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 um, I've not been to see a game in Germany but it's one of the places I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to go to Dortmund actually because they have 80,000 people turn up every week. They, uh, they beat United for average gates. Which is impressive for a team that's won nothing in decades. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like to say that. It felt it felt rude somehow, but that's what I meant by it's impressive. So yeah, um, but yeah, United win, right? That's uh, I'm going to go with. I think I think it'll be. I actually think it'll be quite comfortable um, at home. I, I don't think it would have been if it had been away. Um, but I think once we've beaten them at home, it'll be a lot more comfortable away. And, and it, very good start to the group. We can six points on the board takes the pressure off. Um, I I guess he'll rotate again. I, I wonder I wonder whether this is, might be a chance for Owen to start because um, Berbatov and Rooney have started a lot of games recently. Uh, Iggs may or may not play, I suppose. Um, I, Paul Scars will probably drop out of the side and they might rotate in midfield and, and bring Carrick back in. And uh, I guess the formation will be another interesting point because uh, Owen's only got a chance of playing if they do play two up front. And Rooney starts, for sure. Uh, he always plays him in Europe. Um, but uh, does he switch back to the European formation, play three through the middle? Or does the fact that we're playing at home against, uh, yeah, admittedly they are the pot four team, but a decent side nonetheless. Um, and does he respect that and, and play three through the middle and, and just the one up front? I mean, I hope not, obviously. You know, I, I think this is the kind of game where we can definitely, we can afford to play 4-4-2 and it probably serves us better to play 4-4-2. But, you know, Ferguson is definitely, he definitely has an attritional approach to European football and, you know, he won it two years ago and was in the final last year. So I'm going to assume he, he's better at picking the tactics for Manchester United than I would be. But if if I was in charge, I'd play 4-4-2. But that's my call. We'll, we'll see whether we're right um, when Rankcast happens next Sunday. And uh, readers, do uh, leave a comment. Let us know whether you like the uh, the review format that we've decided to uh, to take this week. And, and uh, we'll try and get the podcast up every Sunday evening um, from now on. And we managed to go through the whole podcast without making fun of Chelsea for losing to Wigan. Oh, no. Just, just a slip right at the last minute there. Oh dear. Well, Carlo Ancelotti was talking about retirement early this season and um, I'd like to bring it forward. Yes, uh, congratulations to um, to Roberto Martinez's Wigan. Very nice chap, Roberto, and, he, and he's got his team playing the right way as well. So, uh, yeah, great victory for them. Uh, enjoy the match against Wolfsburg on Wednesday night and we will see you next week.